personal lives, what's happening in our finances, our businesses, our workplaces. There are many, many different stimuluses in our world, our health, our perception of ourselves, where we can be tempted to go to fear and worry. You know, often the way we learn in lives, in our lives, I know from my life, I've learned through either my experience or I've learned through the experience of others. But either way, there's an experience. There could be a crisis moment. There could be something where you see a person really stretched in the capacity of what they're facing, a big, a large mountain. And you can see that they either come out in greater faith I've seen people go through situations, remain the same. I've seen people go through situations and go backwards. My desire for you is that when you face those mountains, when you face those crises, things that stimulate worry, fear, anxiety, oh, my prayer is that you'll move forward in your faith. My prayer is that you would continue to grow, that things that used to be mountains in your life are no longer mountains. Because your faith has been increased, your obedience has been increased to the point now that God has grown your capacity to a new place. But mark my words, no one is immune to facing fear. No one is immune to facing worry. No one is immune to facing anxiety. There will be things that will happen that will tempt you to go to these places. I've been there. But my prayer today and I want to preach to you from my life and my experience and what God did in my world to help me grow past these. Who wants to receive the word this morning? Praise God. So when I was about 21 years of age, I went through an experience that I feel defined the next decade of my life. It was a very surprising situation you have to understand and some of you may have heard this before I didn't see it coming I didn't realize I would react the way I did but what happened is through the experience God did something in my life he built another layer which has helped me to move forward and now I'm quite passionate about this area and seeing people have breakthrough in their life in this area because I've actually I've been there myself you see, what happened is my best friend Joshua got married. And it was an incredible, incredible day and everything went well. And overnight we went home and I woke up vomiting, assuming gastro. We've all been there. Who knows that feeling in the middle of the night, that call card where you open your eyes and you go, oh no. And what had happened is the day before, we were at his house and his mum is an incredible cook, Eva. She's like a second mum to me. She's deaf and uh, she's just incredible. We had the best D&Ms in front of her ever. We would have the best conversation. She'd never, no, she was like a second mum. But she was cooking us chicken schnitzel with mushroom gravy. It was my favourite. But what she would do is she would fry the crumb and then she would cook it in the oven. But I went there. It looked cooked, but it was raw on the inside. And I ate that schnitzel. And on my second schnitzels, when I realized it was still transparent on the inside, it was pink. I got a bug, won't tell you how they discovered that, but called Campylobacter. 
This is a bug, and it's a quite a severe bug. It, it is generally self-limiting, where it will give you pretty bad symptoms like gastro for about a week. Um, and every now and then, it, it has an extended life. And ISO happened to, to get the severe version. Now, this is the problem, is that, you know, the week one, I was okay. I, you know, I'll go, listen, I'll just get through it, and I'll be fine. I'm drained. I felt weak. Then what happened week two is it didn't go anywhere and I continued to vomit and I continued to feel yuck. And then week three, something happened. And all of a sudden, I started getting this influx of thoughts in my world about you're not going to get better. You won't recover from this. And I had this incredible mountain of fear. It, it like flooded into my heart. Now, I was a man of faith. I was an ordained youth pastor, but now I was facing this fear that was making matters worse for me. I began to get panic attacks, admitted to hospital for panic attacks. What had happened is the actual virus had run its course and it had finished, but I remained unwell because it was no longer the anxiety. It was no longer the bug that was making me unwell, but it was the anxiety. I continued to vomit. I got down to, now I'm not a huge stature of a man, but I weigh 71 kilos. I got down to 42. Couldn't eat. Couldn't function. April had to come home from work days just to look after me. Couldn't move. I had been debilitated by fear. By fear. You see, fear, anxiety is a funny thing. Because in the medical world, there is legitimate repercussions physically and mentally from fear and anxiety. Now, I want to disclaimer with this. I do believe that there is anxiety that is diagnosable that you need medication for. But tonight and this morning, I should say, not tonight, this morning, I want to talk about general fear and anxiety. I don't discount anyone, but I do believe this in faith. God can heal anything. And God, Jesus, has the authority over all. But I want to talk about fear and anxiety this morning. You see, fear and worry, you can go to the next slide, thanks, Steve, can stem from insecurities about your own life, fear of the unknown, a mentality that might need to be shifted, which is what happened in my case. It went from a bug to a mentality. An outcome from a traumatic experience. Go to the next slide, thanks. Fear and worry can stop you doing a few things. Believing for greater things for your life. Getting the process of change started. Walking in the call of God for your life. And it can affect your health in a major way, whether it be your appetite, your decision making, your blood pressure, sleep patterns, interpersonal relationships. It can rob you. But I am here and I am determined to tell you this morning that that is not the way that God designed you to live. He designed you to be free. The Bible says that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. That's how God created you to live. You see, what happened for me is there was a moment where something shifted and I began to dive into God's Word. Because see, what happened is I was sick for months and months and months and it got to Christmas Day. And I still wasn't well. And mentally, that was a hurdle for me because I thought, God, 
if I can be well by Christmas Day, I will be happy. And I woke up Christmas Day and I was unwell and I was broken. But a few things began to happen. Within that crisis, I developed the ability to renew my mind. I developed the the ability to go, okay, if this is where I am, I'm going to start taking the ground back. And I had to fight off this thing. But what happened is I realized it wasn't a fight, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But what happened is as I was in the bathroom at my parents' house, there was this poster and it said about who I am in Christ. And it started declaring the promises of God over my life. And I am to stand here today before you to say that as I read that poster, there was about 50 or 60 different things. I read it out loud. About halfway through, I began to get a hold of faith. And I began to go, oh my gosh, God is for me. And I am not joking that that was the moment where I knew something had shifted in me and I began to be restored back to normal health. But something happened through declaring God's goodness. Something happened through renewing my mind. Something happened that I was then able to take back what I had allowed the devil to take from me and to walk into the authority that God has for me. Now, I know by Australian statistics alone that there are people in this room today that struggle with fear and anxiety. It is not something to be ashamed of. There are different levels. It may be minor, it may be a lot, but the Bible is very clear on how you are to deal with anxiety. There are many, many different scriptures that talk about not being fearful. And that's what I want to look at this morning. If you guys have your Bibles, I'd love with you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 to 8. And it reads this. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I'm reading from the NIV. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now everyone repeat this after me. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, so right now he just said every situation. That means every situation. So right now, whatever you face, whatever you're walking through, your situation is included in what I'm reading right now. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, hallelujah, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Prayer is the key to how you overcome worry. If you watch Marvel movies or read comic books, prayer is the kryptonite of worry. Prayer is the antidote to worry. Prayer is the answer. 
I know this is the case because I've experienced it in my life. But I've also seen it because I've learned from others. Because you see that there are people that, who, who cope well with, with, with worry and with anxiety because you see how quickly they go to prayer. You see how quickly, often I found as I developed this in my life that I was quite slow to go to prayer. Stressing out actually drove me away when it needed to drive me to. Bring everything to prayer in every situation. How great is that opening verse, that opening scripture in verse 6? It says, don't be anxious about anything. This verse is a directive. This verse is not saying there is an option. It's not saying you can worry a lot, you can worry a little bit in the middle, or you can not worry at all. It's actually a command. It says, do not worry. One of the things that I had to determine in my mind was quickly that I realized my worry wasn't a battle in my mind because you see there is no battle. Jesus through the cross has already given us the victory over all our fears. So it's not a battle to be won as far as I'm fighting against the fear. The battle to be won is whether I choose to be obedient. Because you see, I believe all word is inspired and I believe that the Holy Spirit was bringing revelation to Paul to write this to the Philippians. The Philippians. But I also then believe that now God is using that scripture for my context and your context today, that he is saying, do not worry. So that means if you are allowing worry to creep into your life, even though you know the Bible says not to, it's not a battle of the worry, it's actually a battle of sin. Do not worry about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. By prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, make your request known. And then the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart. There's a key that I saw emerge from that scripture for my life, and I want to show you it this morning. The first thing you say, it says, by prayer and petition. In every situation, that means yours and mine. It says, by prayer and petition. And thanksgiving, make your request known to God. See, petitional prayer is very simple. It's asking God for help. The key to overcoming worry starts with asking God for help. Do you know, my kids have no problem with petitioning me. You know, yesterday I took them to the Diamond Creek Fair. Who knows, that was a pleasant day for me. To ask, at the moment they're in this habit that everything they desire is in the top shelf of their cupboard, which they cannot reach. And everything is, Dad! And then I go, what? And April goes, teach them to come. I'm like, come here! But they have no problem petitioning me because they know that I'm their father and I want to help them if I believe it's okay for them to have what they want. But I'm there. See, it's okay to ask God for help. So what's happening is there's a stimulus that causes 
fear and anxiety. And Paul is saying in every situation with prayer and petition, that's the first half. He's saying, come to God and ask him for help. Luke 11, 9 to 13 says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who, who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks you for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace. If you ask God for relationship with him, for peace with him, it says that he wouldn't withhold the Holy Spirit from you. And as the Holy Spirit manifests himself in your life, peace in Philippians, he's talking about by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God, then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Prayer, petition, asking in God, asking God for help. Talks about thanksgiving. I believe this is the transitional point. If there's something in your life right now that's, that's causing you fear and worry. I believe this is the transitional point. Because what happens is thanksgiving switches your mentality. You see, with anxiety at its highest level, uh, people believe that the worst possible outcome is the most likely one. However bad it can possibly go, that's most likely to happen, which we know is not often the case. But often fear tries to pull you that way to stop you stepping out. Oh, that's not going to go well. It might. Oh, that's not going to end well for you. You're going to look bad. Yeah, but if I look bad, I look bad for Jesus. You see, Thanksgiving, I believe, is the transitional point, And I'll tell you why. It pulls your thoughts away from what is really unknown onto what is known, which is the faithfulness and the mercy of God. Amen. And that God is with you. So what happens is when I was sitting in that bathroom and I began to read that poster, I began to see not my situation anymore, but the faithfulness and the goodness and the promises of God for my life. All of a sudden, I began to see the outworking. I, I felt the Holy Spirit come into the situation. And even though it hadn't changed, I had this peace. I couldn't understand, but it was there. Because, guys, I believe the template is very clear. If you could see it behind me, anxiety, a stimulus, something there that's worrying you, pray, thank God, and his peace will come. Worry, pray, thank his peace. In the midst of your fear and worry, thank God for his goodness. You know, it says in his word that if God is for me, what could be against me? Maybe you've got fear about your health. Well, my Bible says that with long life, you'll satisfy me. See, what happens is that transition on God's promises as I thank him for who he is, it breaks the model 
transitions you to a place of faith. And then in that place of faith, his peace comes. Worry, pray, thank God in the midst of it, and his peace will come. I want to show you guys an example. If we could go to Psalm 23. I was drawn to this scripture recently because when we were in Singapore, at the end of the service, I probably told you guys this, it was the weirdest thing ever. Pastor Nick was there, I was here, no, Pastor Nicholas, Pastor Nick and myself. And at the end of the service, the interpreter must have been tired, he forgot to interpret. And out of nowhere, everyone drops to their knees. Except for the guys that don't know what's going on. And then they start, they're off on a rant. And I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking, oh, this is weird. Whereas Pastor Nicholas, he fully committed. He was straight down. I'm like, you don't even know what's going on. But they were praying in Psalm 23. And they were declaring this over their lives. Now, why David is a great example. Let, let's, let's look at his life just for a minute. So David was anointed as a shepherd to be king. Then what happens is he becomes a warrior to the current king, Saul. He comes very, he's very, very successful to the point that Saul's jealousy drives him to attempted murder. And now Saul wants to kill him. So David has to flee for his life. He ends up in a place where he's hiding and pretending to be crazy just to survive. So if we look at the context of a stimulus of fear and worry, David is being hunted by a king. The most powerful person in the nation, in the land, wants him dead. Doesn't that give you perspective for your own lives, hey? So this man right here had reason to be scared, had reason to be tempted to go to fear. From this context, scholars believe that he wrote Psalm 23. In the midst of hiding, in the midst of fear, he writes Psalm 23. Now we know that David was a man of prayer. If you read the Psalms, you see many are written by him. You see that they're beautiful songs that we can sing and we can pray with him. His prayer and devotional life, you know that it goes unsaid. It was there. So he had the stimulus to be scared, the fear and worry, but he also had a prayer life in, in place and the ability to go to Thanksgiving. Let's read Psalm 23 quickly together. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. There's a lot of thanksgiving in this, isn't there? He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love, in some translations, and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Worry. Pray. Thank peace. You know, what I realized when I was reading this is that what it says at the end of Philippians 4, 
around 7 or 8, it says that the peace of God will guard your heart. So what happens is once you've brought it to prayer, every situation, you've thanked God for who He is, you've gone to faith, it says that that peace will guard your heart. If you look at verses 6 and 7 of Psalm 23, sorry, just verse 6, there is no 7. That would be awkward for those scholars that would come up to me after there is no 7. It says, surely your goodness and mercy. Teague, I don't know where you are. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, what had happened is at the end of this scripture, you begin to see the the peace of God flow into David's life. Do you know, growing up, I had two friends. Mum called them my angels. I'll forever thank God for them. I had the honour of going back to Geelong the other week to pray in one of their houses. Jesus is calling them home. But they were just incredible friends. The peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Had these two incredible friends, Brad and Liam. See, Brad was a big guy. Liam was a huge guy. Liam was over six foot and over 110 kilos in grade six. Yeah. I was about 15 kilos. So together we were like two people. And Brad, my closest friend that I grew up with, they were always with me. Mum would call them my my guards. Because see, when stuff would go down, they'd be with me. I might get Rog, Judd, come up with me for, for any second. I want to be an example. See, what happened is they were always with me. So I had a couple of times in my life where immature people would be immature and my school uh, was a pretty rough school and there would be people that would attempt for some reason I don't know who would guess that I had a loud mouth growing up it was legitimate but you see I had these two guards with me even though they weren't my guards they were my friends they were also very high on the protective front so if you guys follow me wherever I'd go we would be together we were hanging out so what happened is whenever stuff would go down I'd be like oh they're with me I'll be a little quieter and try and make peace. I was very loud mouth, but I was also very good at trying to make peace because I knew that they might not be around all the time, but that's not good for my analogy. So wherever I would go, they would be with me. So whenever stuff would go down, I had these guys with me. You see, what's happening for David is that As he's praying, he's brought it to prayer, his situation. He's thanking God, you comfort me, you guide me, you refresh me. And then it gets to verse 6 and it says, surely. You know, if you look at that word, it could mean certainly or truly. He's saying, surely your goodness and your mercy, they follow me. Follow me, boys. Wherever they go, goodness is a little far away. Come on. But see what happens is that there's fear. But as I pray, God, help me. Help me to overcome this. I'm scared. I don't quite understand what you're building in me. But God, I thank you that your plans for my future are good. Your plans for my future are to bring hope. 
And as I begin to speak faith into my life, I get to a place where the peace that surpasses all understanding. And like David, as he walked and as he thought, Saul's still after me, but I have this peace because goodness and mercy, they follow me. It gets hard, but there's God. His goodness, His mercy, His nature, who He is, He's with me. Wherever I go, thank you, goodness and mercy. You see, God is with you. But here's the kicker. At the end of the day, we spend eternity with Him. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever end of the day, you stay the course, you get the supernatural peace, whether the outcome is good or not, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is the end perspective of every crisis, every anxiety, every situation you have. At the end of the day, we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I want to do some stuff this morning with the time that we have left. Quickly bring the lights down. It's not about me knowing. It's about people doing business with God. If everybody could close their eyes across this place right now. I want to pray for people this morning that worry. And I want to give you an opportunity to bring it to God. If I could get the band to come back, I want to sing How Great Is Our God. I'm not going to sing it for long, but we're going to use that to go to our place of thanksgiving to receive his peace so with every eye closed and every head bowed there are people in this room today that worry the bible says you shouldn't it says be anxious for nothing and in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving make it known to god so that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. So with every eye closed this morning, if you are maybe facing a situation, it could be a chronic struggle, it may be something new, it may be small, it may be big, whatever it is, if you are facing the temptation of anxiety and you want to give it to God this morning for His peace, I want to encourage you to stand right now across this place. Be bold. Bold. Hallelujah. There's more. This is your moment going to faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Many people across this place. Worry, pray, thank, peace in the name of Jesus. standing, I want to encourage you to raise your hands and begin to determine and begin to speak to your spirit that God is greater.
there's a lot of people standing this morning and I just felt in my spirit just now, I want to encourage you guys, you won't be alone. Please come down the front just now if you're standing. Your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come into the middle, guys. Now, I want to do something. Come right up the front, right up. There's plenty of room. I actually want to do something. If you guys could spread out wide. If I could have uh, some of the elders come and our prayer team and leaders that are at this church. I want you guys to come down. But this is what I want to do just quickly for the rest of our community. I want you guys to come forward that are all down the front. Come as close to me as you can. Who wants to pray for these people this morning? Give me a wave if you're in faith for them. If you're in faith for them, give me a wave. Can I encourage you guys to come and spread out behind them? If you come down, people that are facing fear need to know that there are people that stand in faith with them. So we're going to pray Then I encourage everybody still in their seats, if you would stand, we won't miss a moment with God together. If you're able to, why don't you go and lay hands on someone if they're near you and you're able to do so. We're going to begin to pray. We're going to begin to petition God. Then we're going to begin to thank God. And then we're going to declare the peace that surpasses all understanding will come. So we're going to begin to pray. People at the back, if you would pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank You, Lord God, that You are bigger. And right now, Lord God, every need that is along the front, every fear we choose in faith not to do it anymore. It is not a battle. Lord, You have already won the victory. And right now, Lord God, we ask You to intervene in every situation, with every fear, with every worry. Right now, we declare that You are bigger. We declare that You are the authority. And right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we give the victory to You. We thank You that You are in control of all things. We thank You, Lord God, that there is none like You. And right now, we will declare how great is our God. And all will sing. How great. You are greater. You are greater. In Jesus' name, You are greater. You are greater, Lord. Sing it out.
Lord, bring your peace. Bring your peace. Bring your peace. Holy Spirit, comfort. Holy Spirit, break things off right now in the name of Jesus. Where there was fear, there is now peace in Jesus' name. Where there was pain, there is now peace in Jesus' name. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus that the physical ramifications of fear are being broken right now. Stomachs are being restored right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, sleep habits are being restored by the peace of the Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord God, we just thank you. Just let your peace fill this place, Lord. We go to faith right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, we thank you for your peace that surpasses every understanding. Someone right now is receiving peace about that prodigal child. Right now, God is saying to you, I am bringing them home. It is nothing you will say. It is nothing you will do. For my will for them is that they would return to me and I am calling them home. In Jesus' name. There's people right now with fear about their job. They actually have a good job, but they're worried that they're about to be returned. God says to you today, my will and my provision is greater. Take my peace. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Let's sing it one more time. How great is our God? Sing it out. Let's raise our hands down the front. Let's just finish with this. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to declare it. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Peace is coming. It's here. Declare that victory right now to your situation. Declare it right now. How great.
him for breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He is good. Now, I know there are some people that may be still praying down the front. But we're going to close the meeting now. But I just pray and ask that you guys would be just respectful. Go and uh, have a coffee so that we can allow these people who may need more time with the Lord. But bless you. Thank you for coming. He is on the throne and we'll see you next Sunday. God is good.